Welcome back to another exciting episode of Midnight Musings, the show that combines uh, contemplation and out loud discussion on the roadways at 12 o'clock in the morning. Probably a bad idea. But here we are. Let's go for something. Let's go for something high level. I'm feeling the, I'm feeling in the mood for high level. Let's give it a shot. What is the what is the purpose of of conversation? What is the purpose of argument? What is the purpose of debate? To change somebody's opinion? To uh, the reason I get at this is through any sort of combination of language, one could theoretically be convinced on a, on a number of things. Uh, most importantly, though, it's not so much that that somebody. So much as yourself. You, you know, you can prove that you're right in your head by building up a series of relatively simplistic arguments that are hard to argue against and then pull them together and synthesize them in a way that proves your point. Uh, is that proof, per se, that what you purport to be true is true? Or is it just a manifestation of your ability to construct sentences in logical arguments? Is it one of these greater good sorts of things where it, even if you're wrong, you're ultimately right in the big picture? This is the... I don't tend to like to, to have these sorts of conversations or discussions or, or really examine these sorts of points because it tends to just be like ego stroking bullshit I mean it just tends, it just tends to be the kind of thing that people talk about like late at night where they think they're really developing some sense of self and that they're they're uncovering deep psychological secrets that they never knew were possible I mean it's come on we're human beings and yeah that there's nothing new about that there's nothing new Everything's been thought of before. It's fine. It's just how it's articulated and through what lens. Uh, each of us brings our own coloration towards a, a particular thought process. But there's really only a, a limited number of human experiences that, that one can have. Uh, there's only so much you can touch, only so much you can taste, only so much you can smell. Now, that doesn't mean that the, the mass aggregate of humanity has experienced these things or what have you but you know that's limiting in and of itself now take something like speech which is the tool set that we use to convey those experiences to one another speech and writing uh fundamental those are the fundamental ones right you could you can make an argument that a picture speaks a thousand words or that you can be transported to some place by by beautiful music but for our 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 rawest look at ourselves, truly writing and speaking, give you the most flexibility. Now it's in that flexibility, it is in that, that broad range, that broad tool set, uh, that you know, the responsibility also comes to light too, in terms of you don't know how much you could con you can convince somebody of something uh, that may or may not be true. Uh, you know, something 
like the, the along the lines of uh, spirituality or 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 meeting a, a superhuman being. Um, there might every indication of your physical form might tell you that that is a realistic experience, but that doesn't necessarily make it true. Uh, and to purport it to be such in in a way that convinces others uh, is that dangerous? Is that the truth? Is the pursuit of that truth a good thing? So, again, I don't like to have these conversations because they turn into bullshit, but the re- here, here's why I brought it up. Because, you know, at this particular iteration of my, uh, of, of my life... Oh, God. I mean, am I, am I living the starving artist thing or what? Like, how pathetic. Like, I'm going to be an artist. I'm going to be a film director. Oh, now I want to be this. I want to be that. And... Oh, I'm just so young and gay and free. You know, gay in the truest sense of the word in terms of, like, happy. And I'm so lively and gay. I feel pretty. Oh, so pretty. I feel pretty and witty and gay. And I pity. Anyway, I don't pity anybody that went and got a STEM job. I don't. Well... Uh, I mean, I, I pity somebody that went and got a STEM job and doesn't appreciate the tremendous uh, pool of resources they have in their skull. But anyway, uh, to 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 recognize the potential for analytical thought uh, does imbue a sense of responsibility that is hard to ignore. Once you start thinking you can't stop tends to be the point. Um, but maybe that's just me. Maybe that's a perfectionism thing. But I, but I think, you know, the perfectionism comes from, we're, 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 we're getting way off the point here. In this particular iteration of the starving artist thing, I'm going through the those who can't do teach phase. Uh, and so, you know, I'll get up. Let me get up on my soapbox here for a minute. And, and we'll, we'll tie this back into uh, to the, to the, to the, uh, the, the search for the truth and, and the meaning of speech and debate. And we'll, we'll tie it all back in together. You know, I, 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 I make a nice full circle. I never told you how big the circumference of the circle is, but there's a full circle, sometimes. But if it wants to go someplace else, let it go someplace else. Bullshit. If you can't synthesize the thought that you started with, with the one that you end with, then what was the point of talking? What was the point of thinking? Eventually, there has to be synthesis. How long it takes, and the path through which it comes could be a long time, could be a while, but... You know, eventually you want to you want the E equals MC square moment. You want to figure out the, the theory of relativity. If you go to set out the theory of relativity and you accidentally invent nuclear bombs, well, I mean that's great, but you know you still want to figure out relativity uh, first, or, or or you know you want to tie bombs back into, into relativity. So. It's not enough to just. It's not enough to to to, to have a, an epiphany and to discover something if it's not connected to a problem that you were to solve. Because yes, you've created a something, but it wasn't a solution to the initial posit of 
whatever it was you started thinking about in the first place. If you invented uh, a stapler to put your papers together while trying to figure out how to keep warm in the winter, I mean, great, but uh, you still have got the original problem. And you can't sit back on your laurels because of one breakthrough. Yeah, you know, look, look at this. Look at this circular lot. Anyway, let's get back to the point. Education. It's, I mean, to me, in terms of breaking down the complexities of our social fabric and our social issues and this, that, and the other, I mean, it comes down to education. And when I... When, when I and and it, and, it's, and it goes beyond education, it goes into global citizenship. It goes into just understanding uh, your place in a 21st century world as a human being in a 21st century world. It's I mean it it seems simple enough. It seems simple enough, but how many? But do people really understand where they fit in in a 21st century world? Um, I don't think a lot of people do. I don't think I do. I'm not preaching from a holier-than-thou position. We've only been in the 21st century for 20 years. So, you know, in terms of evolution, 20 years? 21st century? I mean, the amount of time that we've had cell phones, the amount of time that we've had internet, I mean, is a, is a, a bleh, a bleh. The first release of uh, Carl Sagan's Cosmos does the cosmological calendar. All of recorded human history. If you were to record, if you were to put the entire history of the uh, the solar system in a in a in a calendar year, condense it down to a to a calendar year. All of recorded human history, everything, the aggregate of all human experience. The last second of the last hour of the last day of that year. December what? December 31st, 1159 p.m. and 59 seconds. That last second. All of human history. So all of human history with cell phones? With computers? With the internet? We don't know how to be citizens in a 21st century world. Two main reasons. One, we're just not evolutionarily adapted to understand how those how technology has connected us, truly connected us. Anthropologically speaking, biochemically speaking, just on a species level, we're, we were already connected. We had to be. Look at, I mean, humans are, they're so diminutive and so weak. I mean, you see these fights on the History Channel between big cats and big dogs in the Serengeti going at it. And there's blood and guts and gore and they're carrying their intestines around after a fight. And they just keep on going. 1-800-SERP-PRO like it never even happened. 
And, and us, we, we get like a paper cut and we're done. We're out. I mean, we bleed out on the ground. It, we don't do it well by ourselves. We're just not designed to, to do that. We got around because we had big brains and then we communicated and we said, well, well listen, you run kind of fast and I hit hard. So you distract the mammoth and then I'll, I'll hit it on the back of the head with something and you know, we'll split the winnings because, I mean, 3,000 calories per man is, that's a good, that's a sweet deal. But yeah, that, you know, that's where civilization comes from. That's, that's our role as human beings for, again, all of most of human history. I mean, if you were to take that last second and turn it into a calendar of its own, its own 12-month calendar, I mean, the amount of time that we've had cell phones and internet technology is probably the last second of the last day of that year. I don't know that that's actually true. But still, a very small, a flash in the pan. I mean, it, it, it's new. It's all brand new. And our brains don't know what to do with it as, as human beings yet. And this isn't some, this isn't some metaphysical crap. I mean, this is the, I mean, let's take a, let's take a look from another angle. We are not evolutionarily evolved to survive on McDonald's. We are evolutionarily designed to crave McDonald's because throughout all of human history, all of recorded human history, I mean, a person would be lucky to see the amount of calories on a number 10 large on the McDonald's order in like six months. Maybe like a couple days, but still like it, it was a rarity. So your body is designed to hold on to that stuff to hold on to the fat and not only hold on to it, but then to urge you to continue to get more of it. I mean, people are so worried about obesity and increases in heart disease and we need all these drugs and medications and we got to fix our human bodies. And so are you stupid? Your body is doing exactly what it's designed to do. Whether it was by God or by evolution, it's what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to hold on to these things, and it's supposed to make you crave them. And you're supposed to eat every last drop of fat and lard and grease and butter and sugar that you can find. But now we live in a, in a society, at least in, in, the, in the developed world, where you can find that on every street corner. Put it in a little bag, and I mean, heck, for your kids, they'll even throw in a toy. That is never, that's never happened before. The human body doesn't know what to, to do with that. It doesn't understand what abundance looks like. It's never faced abundance in its, in its evolutionary history. And evolutionary changes, they don't happen overnight. I don't know if we keep eating this crap maybe we'll maybe we'll evolve to take it maybe we won't get such high rates of heart disease i i don't know i can't but i can tell you right now that that's not what we're supposed to be eating we're hunters and gatherers okay you wanted to be you want to debate about meat fine i don't i don't give a shit fine let's debate meat who cares I but mcdonald's no ramen noodles no twinkies no okay we didn't eat that crap we just didn't. And we didn't eat them in the quantities that we did. And we didn't eat it in the quantities that we did in a, in a sedentary lifestyle with, with literally no activity. So it makes perfect sense 
I don't know what we're so upset about. I don't know what we're so shocked about. I don't know what we're trying to change. You cannot change it. Overnight, it will not happen overnight. The lifestyle of human beings has changed so drastically in just the past, I don't know, 50 years. So too, our social health and our mental health has changed as well. It's not, it's not rocket science. Okay? It ain't rocket science. So this, these tools, these, these things that, that we've, we've added to our culture, and by our culture, I literally mean our culture, you know, developed nations. We still live in a world with individuals that don't have access to these sorts of things. That also, by the way, don't have access to McDonald's and are not dying of heart disease, do not have diabetes. Or coronary artery disease. But that's very much besides the point. But they also don't have Facebook. They also don't have... Uh, you know, so, so not only is it new, it's not for... It's not, it's not universal to human... It's not a universal part of human experience either. So, you know, to teach uh, a child is to give them the tools that they need to... Uh, not just function in society, although really the role of education is to provide uh, individuals that function in society because we need people to function in society. Not everybody can be a leader. But, you know, let's dream big for a little bit. Aim for the moon and when you miss, you hit the stars. Um, uh, you know, it should, it, we should be teaching the next generation of leaders. We should be teaching those skills because those are the sorts of things that are, that are going to uh, breed success uh, anyway. But you have to breed, breed. You have to teach, I mean, ambition, ambition is, it's built into us, right? We're hierarchical creatures. We like to organize ourselves and we're constantly assessing who's alpha, who's this, that, and the other. You want to get into a debate about that? Come on, I really don't... I don't want to go there. Can we just agree? On, do we have to talk about that? That we're hierarchical? A hierarchy is, is, has nothing to do with power, by the way. Uh, the, this assumption that they're somehow correlated... I mean, there's correlation, but that's, it's not causation. It's not, it's not about power. It's just about... We, we, we're, 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 we're social creatures. We look for someone to lead. We want to look for people that we enjoy showing deference to leaders it's not a power thing it's that they're the strongest they're the best fed so when the village gets attacked they're the ones to step up and defend us and the reason that we give them nice things and the reason that we're nice to them is not because of a power struggle it's because they're the ones that will die defending us so we give them the best choice of food we give them the best choice of mate so that they can perpetuate those genes to future leaders monarchies of lineage it makes sense it's you know we're we're, we're animals you are a human animal you're an animal you still operate on those basic principles you're no farther removed from your cousins of antiquity than 
th than you think you are. All of human history, last second, last day of the cosmological year. I don't remember where life shows up, and I don't remember where complex life shows up. But it's not that much longer. I mean, we're not talking like the month of December. I mean, we're still talking within a few days of the cosmological calendar. You know, we just don't have time. We have the same processes. We have the same uh, uh, central nervous systems, the same mammalian brain. I mean, it was, you know, we have, we, have this, we have this tremendous intellect to be able to question. We, we, we can ask questions. We, we can ask questions and, and we can develop tools and methodologies to answer those questions. That's what separates us from, from everything else, but that doesn't make us special. It doesn't even make us intelligent. I mean, the hubris to think that we're even intelligent. I mean, there's, there might be civilizations out there that, uh, I don't know, rearrange the stars of their galaxy just for fun, just to make them look pretty. We have children that do macaroni art and we think that that's adorable and then on other planets of advanced civilizations they have their kids you know their five-year-olds advanced functions and trigonometry homework on the refrigerator who are we to judge intelligence now i would say that we differentiate from the other life forms in our species in that we have the ability to draw energy from the resources on our planet, but this is not a new concept. I mean, this is the, what, the fictitious scale of civilizations where a type, where type zero civilization or something like that, and then type one is being able to extract all the resources from your planet to be, uh, it's, a, it's a thing, right? It's a thing. Um, so, you know, you can look at this planet and tell something, understand something here. It lights up and there's straight lines. I mean, Okay, but again, that's not a conversation of intelligence. I mean, again, the hubris. So, uh, there's a great deal of humility in understanding your role in the 21st century. In the 21st century world, has nothing to do with the time period so much as it has to do with just being a citizen of the world. And to be a citizen of the world as a resident of the world, shared with other residents that are not human. I mean, you're, you're, you're all, we're all residents on this thing. We're all animals. We're all part of the same kingdom. Really. It comes down to it. We're all part of the Animalia kingdom. Um, and we're all neighbors in that regard. And so we, we owe something to our, our neighbors. Especially if we have the tools to be able to do so. But it's little, just tiny Pearls of wisdom, if you will. Nuggets, if you will. Fortune cookie tellings like that. As cliched as they sound, as silly as they sound, people do not fundamentally understand that. Not only do they fundamentally not understand it, they don't care to understand it. We, we claim some sort of moral superiority over every other creature on this planet. And I truly mean that because we view ourselves as the best humans, too. Really, everybody does. I don't, know, I don't care how shy you are. I don't care how low status you, you are, uh, especially in, in a country like the United States. I mean, nobody's, nobody's disenfranchised. Everybody's just waiting their turn to be a millionaire. They just haven't gotten to the right 
conditions yet or somebody's taking away their opportunity to be a millionaire but everybody's everybody's a billionaire in their own mind everybody's the greatest things in sliced bread and so you know again there's that hubris and 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 if we do that if even if we think we're teaching even if we think we're, we're trying to make a difference and trying to do something good is that where does that where do, where does the that line of hubris become dangerous become detrimental i'm not i'm not sure i personally know because to be up on my soapbox here i think i'm pretty damn smart and that i would do a lot of good in inspiring future generations but just hearing me say that out loud to myself if i were to look myself in the mirror there's definitely some hubris there i mean there has to be i'm 29 years old and i haven't done shit i don't have a real job i've never i mean like i've never accomplished anything so to think that i have the ability to pass on information to posterity give me a goddamn break now to think that i have the ability to pass on rudimentary skills like reading and writing and arithmetic yeah i could I, yeah i could probably do that I, I i you know i don't think it's unfair to give myself credit for being a little wiser than a lot of people but okay wiser is the wrong word it's the wrong word but being you know but there's always going to be, but it's, it's a hierarchy. There's always somebody above you. There's always somebody below you. Should we be learning from the, those at the top of the hierarchy? Should we accept learning from people that are in the middle of the hierarchy? I mean, how does, what is that, how does that work? You know, I, I would say history tends to suggest that it's the one at the top of the hierarchy that, uh, you know, people look up to, people learn from. The, you got the Council of Elders, yada, yada. Respect your elders. I, can't, I mean, we don't do that. Here in America, we warehouse them because they're senile and they smell. But, you know, for, for all of human history, we've, we've regarded the wisdom of our elders. And it wasn't for nothing, but we're all still here. And, uh, but once you have a, a culture of abundance, a society of abundance, where, where really learning isn't, isn't important, you don't really have to learn to do anything to survive. And not just survive, I mean thrive. You make, uh, I don't know, you make $60,000 a year, you're among the top one-tenth of one percent of wealthiest people to ever have lived on the face of this planet. How's that for some perspective? Now, granted, 60 grand is nothing. I mean, you're, it's going to be a crappy lifestyle at $60,000 a year, but it's worth considering that in just a short period of time, a short period of time, $60,000 puts you within the top one-tenth of one percent of wealthiest people who have ever lived. So, you know, we're new to this whole abundance culture thing and what it does to us. And we don't have to do anything anymore. We don't have to hunt. We don't have to forage. We don't have to communicate. We don't have to be concerned about where our next meal is coming from. I mean, again, when I say we... I say we, I say Americans, I say first world developed nations. Of course, of course the whole world isn't like that. Of course there's places in the world where people are trying to figure out where to get fresh water. We, we turn it on the tap and we let it run for 15 seconds to get to the right temperature. We don't know what to do in an abundance culture. We don't understand the responsibilities that comes with it. 
And even if we did understand the responsibilities, we wouldn't under, we wouldn't know how to you know how do you work together to 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 create that because now it's an abundance culture that's focused on positioning itself as individuals that are more powerful than others. It's, it's hierarchical again, keeping up with the Joneses sort of thing. But it's become dangerously associated with power now because because leaders don't have to die anymore. They don't have to defend the village. Now, I would argue that they do. I would argue that when a pandemic comes around, if you're in a position of leadership, you now have to stand up and walk into the fire. But we live in a culture now that that isn't what leaders do. I mean, they just simply don't have to. It's about power. That's what happens when you have a power culture. Again, leadership and power, they have a connection, but it, they're not mutually exclusive. If they were mutually exclusive, then all powerful people would be leaders by default, but they're not. I mean, that much, that much is obvious, right? Uh, so, what, how do you do? What do you do? How do you teach? Because the way that I would view it, the way that I would view my own mandate is, is, to, is to give everybody the tools to lead. But not everybody can be a leader. I I don't, and I think it would be irresponsible to try to con, to not convince per se, but but to suggest that everybody can be a leader. You give people the tools to be a leader, and those that will that want to become leaders or feel strongly tied to leadership can use them to become leaders. And those that don't, well, they don't care anyway they still know how to read and write and be uh you know but they grew alongside people that they at least they know understand the value of leadership and maybe that makes everything better in the long run when shit hits the fan uh but you know that i mean we're talking we're talking we're talking brass tacks education st- education stuff like and when i say education i mean like literally the 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 transferring of wisdom from one entity to another i don't mean book stuff per se i mean it's a part of it right but it is a facet of it which is another thing that i think is missing from education is that they're all connected and you've got to have that through line you've got to connect it to something cuz when you don't, you're just going from class to class every 45 minutes, and it makes no sense. They don't connect together in any meaningful way. There's no synthesis. There's no synthesis. Or at least the synthesis isn't tangible. Because the synthesis is, oh, you'll get a job. You'll get a higher paying. You'll go to college. You'll get a job. And, you know, history doesn't bear out that everybody that follows those steps gets what they want or is content or... You know, there's still the haves and have-nots. Um, and that's, I mean, not, not everybody can, can have their 40 acres and a mule. I mean, it's just, it's impractical, for one. And two, you know, not everybody can lead. It's, leadership is a quality. It's a, it's a quality. It's something that you decide. Because it's a sacrifice. People, you, you, no one, no true leader has 
ever led because of the perks. Right? Well, if I'm a leader, I get preferential treatment. I'll get people will listen to me and respect me. Uh, no true leader ever does it because they think they're going to get something out of it. Right? There's lots of people that, that choose to become leaders or slap a title of leader on themselves because they want the deference and notoriety or not notoriety, you know, respect or what have you to inflate their ego. But to lead is truly to, to it's, a, it's putting yourself, uh, it's, re it's recognizing your own strength in your community and saying, I'll be a shield for this community. That's what, that's what a leader is. They walk into the fire. They throw themselves on the grenade. And they do so willingly. And they do so because that's their responsibility. Because they know that that's their responsibility. They've accepted that as their responsibility. There's no hesitation. And in exchange, they they get the deference and they get the respect. But that's that's in exchange. It's not because it's not, you know. And, and anyway, the stuff that I'm talking about here, this is the kind of fundamental thing that I think should be discussed as part of education. I don't know that it. I don't know how you make it a curriculum sort of thing, but it's the through line that connects it all together. Is how, you know, the 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 trick to learning how to function in a 21st century world is to learn how to function in a 19th or 18th or 17th or 5th century world the way that kept us going forward. We're at a point now where it's hard to figure out how we go forward as, as a community of human beings and as citizens of a planet, as global citizens in the animal kingdom. But that's you know, understanding how we anthropologically evolved the history of civilization, of mankind, of communication, of respect, of any uh, of leaders is 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 tantamount to under, to unlocking the keys to the future because. That might change evolutionarily someday, but not in my lifetime, not in my children's lifetime, not in their children's lifetime, not in their children's children's lifetime. I mean thousands and thousands and thousands of years for evolutionary change. So for now, we've got to stick with what we know. And it's nice to be intangible and to think that we can suddenly have everybody be their own leader and have everything they want and there is no system anymore and if we don't like a system we can tear it down and replace it with whoever we want but the fundamental facts of of leadership and how humans organize themselves the biochemistry of being in a pack and looking for an alpha finding our position is just is just nature and interestingly enough, we have these hierarchies to find our position, to find our position. Because when we find our position, we found where we fit in the pack. And it gives us a sense of, of I mean, that's what's fulfilling. 
being on top when you knowingly don't deserve it isn't fulfilling to anybody. Hierarchy helps us find a place, helps us find a role in our community. And when we find that role, we are remarkably fulfilled. And I'll tell you what, not everybody's role in a community is going to be what their dream job is. It's probably more than likely connected to the same skill set, but they're not mutually exclusive. And if you force it to be that way, well, then you might have your dream job, but I doubt you're that content. There's something missing. There's always something missing. You ask yourself, these people that have millions of dollars and can have everything that they ever want, they kill themselves. 27 Club, or what have you. How could they do this? They could have anything they ever wanted. No, they don't. They're missing the one thing they need. Purpose. And for some people, purpose is being in the middle of the pack. For some people, purpose is being in the herd. Being in the pack mentality. But we live in a, in, in a United States that says you're all leaders. You're just waiting for your money to come. You're just waiting for your you're just waiting for your opportunity to to, to be a leader. You're just you're it's, it'll happen tomorrow. But sometimes our role as global citizens is to be a citizen, to be John and Jane Q. Public to run a small business, to be a civil servant, to do those sorts of things. It's not to say we can't rise. It's not to say if we want leadership, we can't find leadership. But it's not a birthright. Nor, for that matter, do I believe that the founders of the United States thought that themselves. The Constitution gives a broad range of freedoms to be able to explore whatever it is that you want to do. But it really doesn't say anything about it's your destiny to do these things. That you have a right to do these things. You have a right to explore uh, these things unmolested. To find your fulfillment, to find your role, to find your fit. That's what, the, that's what makes the United States great is it gives everybody the opportunity to find where they fit. But we've taken it as everybody gets an opportunity to be the greatest and to leave a name for themselves and to be forever written in the stars and be special and all this other stuff. It's hard to think of yourself as special just being a member of the group, just being a member of the pack. But... It's so simple uh, that, it, that that's what is so special about it is that without you, there is no pack. There's no community. There's no identity. You are the identity of the community. You might not be its leader, but you are it. That's the, that's the special part is you are the community. 
listen to me. I mean, I, 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 like, it sounds like I'm running some sort of inspirational mega church thing. Like somehow, again, it's like I've discovered some huge epiphany. This isn't. This isn't new. This isn't novel. This is just the way that animals organize themselves and do things. You don't see wolves discontented. You don't see wolves putting a gun in their mouth because they feel like they haven't accomplished their dreams. They organize themselves into packs. There's a top dog and there's a bottom dog. And everybody has their role. And it's cool. And when there's a dispute over that role, you get conflict. And the conflict's resolved. And you either get a new leader, or that person goes to the back of the line for questioning their place. They, uh, they sulk. Their tail droops low. Low levels of serotonin. Happens in dogs, man. Happens in cats. Had happens in lobsters. Crustaceans, three quarters of a billion years old, it happens. It's not new. Not novel. It's not profound. It's not worth $2,000 for some internet course. It's just remembering that you're an animal. You function like an animal. And we know a lot about how that works. We've, we, learn, we know a lot about how that works. And that's, that's, that's being educated, right? Is understanding how that works. No, it's, it's, it, it's, it, you gotta go the step further. You have to synthesize it with your own experience. It's not enough to say this is how animals work. Education is when you say, ah, but I'm an animal. So how does this work on me? What does this mean for me? Yeah, but that's selfish too. No, it's not. It's using that big brain of yours to find your position in the hierarchy, in the society, in the pack, the human pack. So, you know, is that the role of education? To tell people that some of you are just going to be plebs? <laughs> I mean, I, maybe. Um, you know, it's it's hard to say. In a, in a in a in a in a in a first world country, just being a citizen, it's not a it's not a bad end of the deal. It truly isn't. Again, you're among the wealthiest people to have ever lived. You're among the wealthiest people to be living now. Because there are some people that literally have nothing. And not only do they not have anything, they're getting things they don't have taken away from them by people that still have everything. You know, there is a point where going too far animal is a problem. But that's why we have an intellect. That's why we have a brain. Is that is now we can figure out how to balance those two things. Yes, our brain gives us an ability to calculate the circumference of the moon just by looking at a shadow on a tree and a but it's also incumbent upon us now to you know come back and 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 bring it full circle and and figure out why this brain uh how it helps us better ourselves as a pack as a human pack as a human 
species, as a human animal species. We're going off on a wild tale. An explanation's good, but you have to synthesize it with your own experience. It has not removed you from being an animal. It does not make you better. You have not transcended life and sentience on the planet. God, it's so obnoxious. We are the universe's way to know itself. It's true. I mean, it's true, but like, but that's meant to be a humbling statement, not a hubristic one. We don't know everything. We have the tools to discover things. But we don't, we have, the, we have the tools to not only discover things about the outside world, but about ourselves, about how we work amongst ourselves. And if we spend too much time focusing on the other thing, we don't spend enough time focusing on the other, which is a shame because we have so much potential to learn about each other, to care about each other, to, to take care of one another, to better everybody. That's how you get to that type 2 civilization, the type 3 civilization. Man, having pissing matches over the Caucasus oil fields is uh, a waste of time. You spend so much time developing warships and weapons and Politics and well, politics is how we're supposed to be studying these things, but that hasn't been going very well, has it? But we spend all this time and energy in that, and we haven't spent any time and energy on how you know we treat each other, how we interact with each other. And anybody that does spend their time trying to figure out that is a softie, is a is very feminine. You know, if, if you're a man trying to figure that out, you're very feminine, and and caring about other people is uh, where you know where. We're human beings. We conquer. It's what we do. We see what we want and we take it. Yeah, you know I mean, well, so do chimpanzees. They throw their poop at things that they don't like. So can we. Just because we can use the word vitriol, all you're doing is polishing the turd, but you're still throwing turds. We got an intellect now that allows us to not have to, to throw turds at one another. In fact, we have an intellect and a form of very complex communication that Alexia's allows us to synthesize what we agree on and talk about what we don't agree on and to synthesize those to make both of us better. If you only take the opportunity to try. It's, um... I, I just, I practice, I try to, it's all about, it's, 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 it always comes back to, with me, balance. About finding equilibrium. About contentedness is equity. Equity of yourself. And that might be different for every person. For some people, being a leader is equity. It's the perfect balance of themselves. It's the perfect balance 
of their intellect and their ego to lead, to be a leader. Because it takes some ego to be a leader. It takes some cojones to do it. But it also takes the humility to understand the tremendous responsibility that you have. That yes, things are going good, but when shit gets tough, you are the one that has to stand up. You have to take the bullet for the group. You could die. You could lose everything. Your life. Talk about CEOs and company leaders. I mean, they could lose everything. What's so frustrating is that they very rarely do. They get bailed out by Wall Street. This, that, and the other. It's not leadership. A leader is willing to sacrifice. Willing, ready, and able to sacrifice. They might not ever have to make the choice. And they might have to make little sacrifices along the way. But a leader, a true leader, does not think about it for a second. When the challenge comes. They lead. And that might be contentedness for somebody. And for somebody, contentedness might be serving that person. Being the guy and then being the guy the guy can count on. And for somebody else, it might be to serve the people in a way that the leader can't. Civil service. For some people, contentedness might be keeping their teeth clean. I don't know. But that doesn't correlate with their dreams, per se, 100% of the time. If you can make those two things match, more power to you. But your intellect exists for you to be able to find that contentedness of your own. To be able to say, yeah, I can be a filmmaker, but is that my, is that my place? Is that what will fulfill me? Is that the optimal synthesis of my ego and my intellect? And if it isn't, what is? And then we keep trying. Because the brain gives us the question to ask these probative questions. To ask about deeper meanings of ourselves and the universe. And then the tools to answer them and then the tools to synthesize them and move forward or maybe backwards if that's where you fall hierarchically you have to have a sense of humility and you have to understand that that's what is happening i, I don't it's it's not it's not uh, it's not a philosophical debate point. It is biochemistry. It is anthropological science. And I would say these things are pretty well studied. Even if you believe in intelligent design, this is how we are. If God made us in his own image, then this is how he made us. So it doesn't matter how we got here point is we understand how it works we have to synthesize it with the tools that we have both 
intrinsically and extrinsically. And the tools that we have extrinsically have changed dramatically over the course of a few generations. So dramatically, we don't necessarily know how to use them yet. So dramatically that they play on primal instincts of feeding reward centers. We haven't learned how to synthesize those things yet because we're still animals. We still respond to dopamine. Put your phone someplace for an hour and walk away. Don't tell me you don't feel anxious. Don't tell me you get a little cortisol going through your body because you're fucking lying if you say that you don't because you're still an animal. That's the animal part of you working. You haven't gotten rid of it just because you know Shakespeare. Just because you know how to predict stock markets. You know these things in spite of it. You know these things because of it. You learn how to predict stock markets because you learn a little bit about human behavior and how it translates to numbers and markets economies. Whatever. But you have to have a respect for that. The more respect that you have for the fact that you are a human animal and the more that you take it upon yourself to learn how that human animal functions and the more you take it upon yourself to learn how you as an individual animal in a larger human pack fit in, the better chance you have at finding that ultimate synthesis that that sense of belonging in your community and that you know that's where you're meant to be come hell or high water there's nobody telling you that that's not what you're meant to do and that might be a job where you make 70 grand that might be a job where you make $150,000 it's not about the money it's not about this you know if you if you if you fulfill who you are you have everything you need and for everything else, there's the dollar menu. And the dollar store. So that's a fundamental part of education. I mean, that's a through line that you have to have. I don't understand if... I don't know if it's a controversial thing. I think it, I, I think it is partially a controversial thing. People... Do not like the word hierarchy. We don't like the word structure in the United States. Everybody's a leader. Everybody's the greatest of themselves. Everybody doesn't have to work for a living. Look who's talking. Look who's talking. Me. I haven't done anything. I haven't earned anything. Now, maybe, maybe it's because it's my lot in life to be a leader and, and, and that my, my sense of fulfillment comes from the responsibility of leadership and that I get what I need through the people that follow me. But, I mean, that is just so convenient for everybody that's what everybody thinks. This is what everybody tells themselves. They just haven't found the right spot for themselves yet. They'll work when they find the, the, the right spot. Well, newsflash, you're a human animal. And animals work. And especially pack animals. 
Well, the leader doesn't work. Are you kidding me? Of course they work. They work at synthesizing the idea that they could die any day, sacrificing themselves for the likes of you! It's a tremendous responsibility. Responsibility and physical work and labor are not synonymous with each other. Just because somebody makes a billion dollars doesn't mean that they have to work for a billion dollars rate. They're working, they did, they had an idea that was worth a billion dollars, and now they could lose their billion dollars. Just like that. As, as a member of, 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 a, of a citizenship of a company, as an employee, you stand to lose your job and your benefits, but not your house, not everything you've ever worked for. Not every idea that you don't believe these people are. I mean, they put in they put in effort to make these things work. You don't build empires by sitting back on your laurels. But once you've built your empire, you don't just. I mean, you yeah you go, yeah you go play golf for the rest of your life, but you could lose it all at any moment. Not only could you lose it all, you might have to sacrifice it all. Now, what's frustrating about quote-unquote rich people is that they don't. They usually get to have their cake and eat it, too. But a true leader, you know, gives up the company. Is willing to lose it all. Is willing to sacrifice themselves for the good of their community. Understanding the importance of that role, understanding the tools it takes to get there, and understanding that once you get there, that might not be your position, and understanding that it is incumbent upon you to find your position in the human pack is more than likely the most optimal way to find self-fulfillment. It is not the most optimal way to become rich. It is not the most optimal way to get the best car. It is not the most optimal way to confront your inner demons. It is none of those things. I think I've made my point pretty well clear. We're just shy of an hour again. So, to bring it back full circle, you know, what what danger does it does it um, impose to teach the human things? And and how much do you teach the animal thing? And how much do you teach the human thing? And how, you know, what's is this good? Is this bad? How do you synthesize these things? Is that the key to surviving in a 21st century world now? I, I don't even know. But I have to think it's a good place to start. Anyway. Those are my two cents. Curious to hear the other 98. Good night. And good luck.